You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Podcast for diehard Bengals fans. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined with my co-host, Zim Huday. Zim, say what's up. What's going on, world? We have a very, very special guest today. My man, Austin Gill from Pro Football Focus. He is here to give us the goods. Austin, please let everybody know where they can find you at on Twitter. Let them know all the goods. Yeah, um, Austin Gale, you can find me on Twitter at PFF underscore Austin Gale. And check out all of our work at uh, PFF.com. Sweet, sweet. So one thing that we've been doing is we're always talking about pro football focus on our show. We're always talking about uh, trying to integrate that with our, our, our stats and everything like that. But during this time right now, we want to dive right into the free agency because more than ever, I think a lot of the guys and girls that listen to our show want to know exactly what are your thoughts? What is your input on the current free agents? And then if we have enough time, we'll get into some of the free agents that we lost. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, with free agency right now, I think it's interesting that the best available, I thought Robbie Anderson was going to be on the market for a little bit longer. I think that deal um, makes a ton of sense for the Carolina Panthers. I think it, at $10 million average per year, that's a good deal for Robbie Anderson. It'll be interesting to see. I think the biggest pieces or dominoes left to fall are the Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. Those two quarterbacks kind of move the needle for whichever team they sign. I think both of those guys can start in the NFL, at least compete for starting jobs right now. It'll be interesting to see where they end up. Sweet, sweet. Now, as it relates to Bengals, let's go through our list. <laughs> DJ Reader, um, Trey Waynes. Uh, who else we got, Ace? That, that Mackenzie Alexander is another one. Uh, Xavier, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm not even going to make an Cito attempt there. Filo. 
Yeah, Xavier yeah. Suofilo. I, I think with, to start with the McKenzie Alexander signing, I think that one was my favorite. I think one year, $4 million for a guy that's proven he can play well in the slot. I think that's becoming more and more of a specialized position in the NFL. It's no longer you need cornerbacks. You need slot cornerbacks and outside cornerbacks. And I think McKenzie Alexander has proven he can be one of the better slot cornerbacks in the NFL, at least in a limited sample size we've seen with the Minnesota Vikings. And I think my least favorite signing is probably the Trey Wayne signing. I think it's a huge concern for me. I think he overpaid at that position. I don't know necessarily you got that much better. I think Darkies Denard is a pretty good cornerback that can do a lot of the things that Trey Waynes can do. Yes, you got faster. Yes, you got younger. But I don't know necessarily you got better at that position. And as for DJ Reader, he had a career year last year. Broke out with the Houston Texans. He's very, very good against the run. I think he's what the Cincinnati Bengals wanted Andrew Billings to be. And I think he's exactly that for them. However, I think you also overpaid him because he does not move the needle as much as an interior pass rusher great against the run but not one of those premier talents as a pass rusher however I do think he eats up blocks and will free up things for Sam Hubbard Carl Lawson Geno Atkins again my favorite signing Mackenzie Alexander I put DJ Reader right behind that but Trey Waynes I think he paid a little too much for a cornerback that maybe has never been that good in the NFL and, and and I guess that will probably lead me to my next thing. Me and Ace were talking about this on a previous show is Trey Waynes and Drake Kirkpatrick play on the left outside. One of the things that I've gotten from my insight is that they don't have plans on releasing Drake Kirkpatrick as of right now. Do you see a scenario where you think Trey Waynes can work with Drake Kirkpatrick and William Jackson on the other side and also moving, moving forward, compare Drake Kirkpatrick from a grading standpoint to Trey Waynes? Yeah, I mean, I think both players have graded similarly. With Drake Kirkpatrick, I don't think he has the same speed that Trey Waynes brings to the table or the same length. I mean, I do think Trey Waynes is, is better in that regard in terms of not giving up the big play. I think those two likely compete for that outside cornerback spot because I would not advise kicking one of those guys inside the slot cornerback position. I think they're outside cornerbacks in the NFL. And I think specifically Mackenzie Alexander, it's his job to lose at slot cornerback unless they add some talent in the draft. It's, I, I think it's interesting that they aren't choosing to release Drake Kirkpatrick, though, because when you do sign a free agent like Trey Wayne's to the money they did, I think the expectation is that he will start for this Cincinnati Bengals team and they'll have Drake Kirkpatrick as depth. But we continue to see where this NFL is going. More and more 11 personnel is getting played every year. I think it was up over 70% as the average in the NFL. It was kind of wild to see how many, how often you're playing three and four wide receiver sets. Cornerback depth is very, very important. I think it's smart to have as many as you can. Oh, quick question for you, Austin. Uh, one of our commenters, Gregor09, asked, which free agency linebacker would realistically fit with the Bengals? Uh, Josh Bynes, Alec Ogletree, or Mark Barron? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Not Alec Ogletree. Why do y'all hate Alex Ogletree? <laughs> on, on TV, he pops off the screen in, in a yeah. lot of these games. Like, he I, has I, a lot of impact plays. I think Alec Ogletree does a very good job of playing the ball in front of him, specifically against the run. But in today's NFL, you have to be able to turn your back to the line of scrimmage and play that cover two hole and play you know things behind you. Play coverage, you know, be a good coverage linebacker. I think Alec Ogletree great well against the run, plays the ball in front of him well. But when you ask him to turn his back, he struggles in coverage. And I think the other two, Mark Barron, a little bit long in the tooth. I, the athleticism has passed him. You could ask Pittsburgh Steelers fans how much they don't like Mark Barron. I think of those guys, Josh Bynes is the one that has flashed as in coverage and on passing downs. He's also a pretty good pass rusher, in my opinion. I think Bynes of those three is probably my favorite for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I mean, you're picking the bottom of the box here. I mean, this is not a great yeah. group. 
this is not a great group to kind of fill need at off-ball linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals. However, I will say this. It is low on the positional value chart. I don't think it's necessary to fill that position. I, I mean, linebacker, yes, has been a bad position for the Cincinnati Bengals for quite some time, but it's not something you have to force and overpay. I think there's also – it's also a very athletic draft class at linebacker. Willie Gay Jr. of Mississippi State is a guy I've hyped up a ton. I do like Willie Gay Jr. I think in addition to that – Troy Dye of Oregon, Zach Bond of Wisconsin. You got some athletes there. You don't have to take Patrick Queen or um, Kenneth Murray to get an athlete there. There's some guys on day two, day three that you can snag. Yeah, and, and another guy that I've been I've been preaching to everybody is Akeem Davis Gaither. If that goes across my screen, and now and 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 granted, I know of him because of Pro Football Focus. So that nice. to have this like this is awesome. Um, yeah, Akeem Davis Gaither, uh, I talked to him at the Senior Bowl. This guy's awesome. I mean, he had to bulk up to, I think, 220, 226 is when he weighed in, or maybe even 219, but he was eating over four or 6,000 calories a day to get up to that weight. This guy's a very, very special player, very raw, played bad competition at App State, but an athlete. And I think you see in today's NFL, you're as slow as your off-ball linebacker. Your defense is as slow as your off-ball linebacker. If you lack speed at that position – you are going to struggle to cover sideline to sideline and keep up with the best teams in football. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, two very athletic tight ends after the catch. I think it makes things difficult when you have limited athleticism at the linebacker position, as Cincinnati Bengals fans know. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you kind of spoke to kind of the limited um, uh, numbers that the Bengals have at, at linebacker and the talent there. Is there any correlation between – the defensive lines grading low um, to the linebackers in the secondary grading low is, or is there a specific position group that kind of impacts others more? That's a great question. I, I think with, with the, with linebackers, if you have a defensive line up front, similar to what the Baltimore Ravens had a year ago with Michael Pierce, Brandon Williams, just big dudes that really can own blocks. It frees up opportunity for the off ball linebackers to attack open gaps and play coverage, knowing that they have big guys up front to play the run. When you have a defensive line more like the Bengals had last year, where Andrew Billings kind of played below expectation, Geno Atkins a bit undersized, it, it, it forces your off ball linebackers to do a lot. They have to play the run. They have to be gap specific and playing in coverage. You're always a step behind on those play action passes because you just don't have a ton of faith up front. I think the linebacker position is one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL, you're asked to do so much. And if you don't have help up front and if you don't have help on the back end, you're oftentimes exposed. And scheme is so important for off-ball linebacker as well. You look at the Green Bay Packers. They don't ask their linebackers to do a lot. Play the ball in front of them. You know, mm. don't, don't necessarily go deep into the zone. And I think that helps when you're limited at that position. However, if you want a true three-down linebacker, which is no longer this 240, 250-pound thumper, you need a guy that's in that Deion Jones range of 220 to 230 that can really cover – sideline to sideline and not get exposed in manner zone coverage. I feel like this is great insight because the number one, every off season, I'm pretty sure it's like that with every fan base, but currently right now our fan base is freaking out because they're saying there, there's no linebackers. What are we going to do? And I'm throwing out all these different scenarios, how we can have hybrid like safeties, different, different, different types of coverages. If you were to go against the Ravens, right? Currently right now, what are you looking at, I guess, from a standpoint? Like, what would you do going into the draft? Like, because in my mind, I'm thinking to be the best, you got to beat the best. And how do you stop the Ravens? How do you attack that? Like, if you're not going to be elite or even mid-level linebacker. 
Yeah, I mean, it's speed and it's discipline. I mean, those are the two biggest things, especially when you're going against a guy like Lamar Jackson and that offense that tries to throw so many different things at you and, and force you to be athletic, force you to cover sideline to sideline. I think you saw that with the Tennessee Titans when they did play the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. They had guys flying sideline to sideline, holding their gaps, staying disciplined. I think you, why you see NFL defenses struggle against Lamar Jackson and company, in addition to him just being awesome, him being just a freakish athlete that can do magical things with the ball in his hands, is because because you never see offenses like that in the NFL. It's very similar to when Michigan plays Navy. You know, it, it, when you're at the college mm-hmm. level, you're just not practicing against wing T offenses. That throw, exactly. But yeah. uh, the Baltimore Ravens threw a ton of different things at teams that they just don't practice against every week. As you kind of went through the season, though, you saw teams try and get faster, try and stay more disciplined. There is no answer to stopping the Baltimore Ravens. You have to have a very good football team to do so. But I think if you had to like isolate or bring it down, I think it's speed and discipline for sure. And that comes with coaching and adding talent in the offseason. And, uh, and you can have Joe Burrow just score 40 points a game. Too. <laughs> that works too. Uh, real quick, Austin, uh, the Bengals offensive line is kind of in shambles right now, specifically at the guard positions. What are your opinions on Fred Johnson and his upside? And do you think that Michael Jordan is really like a starter at guard for the Bengals? Oh, man. It's, it's a tough situation for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Fred Johnson, I mean, I, I don't necessarily see a ton of upside with him. I think you need to get more athletic at that position. I think you need to get more athletic at every position with where the NFL is going. But at guard specifically, Michael Jordan, a very good athlete. His first step is up there with the best in football. I mean, watching him at Ohio State, he was very impressive coming out of his stance. However, everything after that is a bit of a disaster, as you guys probably know. I think interior offensive line is still a huge need for the Bengals. However, it's good to have needs or not good, but better to have needs at positions of low value, like interior offensive line and off-ball linebacker. Those positions are often filled. You can fill those positions later in the draft or with free agents. And I think with that being said, I think this is a sneaky good interior offensive line class. Damian Lewis of LSU is a guy I love in this class. I talked to him at the at the combine, and he's a you, you sit down and have one interview with Dave, Damian Lewis and you fall in love. This guy just wants to beat people to a pulp, a very soft-spoken dude, but if you get him riled up, he can be a bit aggressive. Him, Jonah Jackson of Ohio State, and then Logan Stenberg, call him Mr. Nasty from Kentucky. I think those three guys, you look at day two, day three, you're getting better at that position. You're not spending a ton of money. Hey, breaking news. We just signed Josh Bonds live on the pod right now. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> All right, so – we we just predict these type of things. That, that get used to that. That's gonna happen every time. But listen, Nick Vigil, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people were freaking out to me earlier. That's why I, I'm trolling a bit right here. But a lot of people were freaking out. Take me through. How would you compare? Like, I mean, 30 year old Josh Bonds versus. Did you see anything positive? You feel like Bengals lose anything with Nick Vigil? I mean, Nick Vigil is is the opposite of what you want an off-ball linebacker these days. He's the guy you want starting on special teams because if he lacks that athleticism, because he lacks that coverage ability. Looking at Josh Bynes this past year with Baltimore, earned a career-high 74.0 PFF coverage grade at 79.5 overall grade. And I think he did it in the Ravens system, though. When I talked about earlier with the Ravens, they have those big boys up front where they free up space for their off-ball linebackers to really contribute in coverage and not be a step behind on play-action passes. The Bengals can do that with DJ Reader, Geno Atkins, Andrew Billings, and company. They can do that with the – Billings is gone. Yeah, Billings is gone. I guess DJ Reader, Geno Atkins, and company, I think they can do a lot of what the Ravens tried to do with Bynes. I think this is a good fit, and it's a good value for the Cincinnati Bengals, depending on contract details. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Um, You want to take a couple of questions? I know Austin, if you guys are just joining in, we got Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus has been 
more than more than more have I'm, I'm i'm excited i'm i'm <laughs> so glad that he's here but um any guys uh any questions you want to put off of here ace that you just want to run off uh, before he goes? i guess um just one last one is is bobby hart the answer or do the Bengals need to draft <laughs> a new right tackle come man. on man that was <laughs> bobby, bobby hart, hart the answer Bobby Hart is not the answer. I'll say that the nicest way I can put it is he's not the answer. However, I do feel like Jonah Williams is one of my favorite offensive tackles in the 2019 draft. I had an opportunity to interview with him, and I've interviewed over, I want to say, over 100 draft prospects over the past few years, and he's up there with the favorite I've ever done. This guy is a really, really smart player. I'm so, I was so disheartened by the fact that he got injured this year. He did not have significant injury history at Alabama. I thought he was going to come in and be a plus contributor for this Bengals team with Cordy Glenn and Jordan Williams. I thought that was the solution at offensive tackle. Bobby Hart, definitely not the solution. He's the guy that constantly grades low in PFF system. And the biggest reason for that, to talk about the grading system before I jump off, Grading low at offensive tackle, is, it, it specifically in pass protection, is kind of twofold. Allowing a lot of pressures or a high, per, uh, allowing a lot of pressures on a high percentage of your pass blocking snaps will lead to that. But for Bobby Hart, he gets beat quick, and getting beat quick leads to lower, lower PFF pass blocking grades because getting beat quick leads to bad plays for the passing offense more often than getting beat late in the play. And I think with Bobby Hart, he loses quickly, doesn't have that athleticism to stick with the better edge defenders in the NFL. When you lack athleticism, lack foot speed, add off to tackle, man, oh man, is it difficult to stay with some of these guys that are rushing the passer. And you've seen it at being with the Cincinnati or being fans of the Cincinnati Bengals and covering this team. I think it's, it's going to be tough for them to win with Bobby Hart. I'll say that right now, but if there's any quarterback that can do it, it's Joe Burrow. To talk about him, Yay. I think it's the, it's the elephant in the room. But Joe Burrow, uh, I mean, earned the highest single season in PFF grade we've ever seen at the college level. That dates back to 2014. Before it was Baker Mayfield, then it was Kyler Murray, and now it's Joe Burrow. He's the only guy inside the top five from the SEC to do it as well. Very impressive from Joe Burrow. Accurate at all levels of the field. Great inside and outside of structure. He is the number one overall pick. It is not even close. The Bengals don't even need to consider anything else. I think they're going to be very happy with him in Queen City. All Thank right, you so man. much, Austin. We, <laughs> we appreciate you taking your time out, man, to, to join us. Uh, please let them know where they can find your stuff. Yeah, I mean, go to PFF.com. Check out all the work we've done. We recently came out with our 2020 NFL Draft Guide. The latest update is live and available to all Edge and Elite subscribers. And you can check out my work as well on PFF underscore Austin Gale. All Thank right. you, sir. Now, if we can just get the Bengals to get on board too, that's what we need. <laughs> how could they be that close? What, what's the what's the disconnect right there? How could yeah. y'all be so close? I mean, we we do work closely with the Bengals, and we've done a lot of things. Okay. I think we've taken steps forward, especially with Zach Taylor and the new regime. I think they're taking steps forward okay. with how they want to use analytics, how they want to use. You know, I think with the NFL teams, you know, PFF currently works with all thirty-two. NFL teams, but the degree that we work with each team is very different. And I think it, it involves kind of the different phases of the NFL and different places you make decisions on field decision making, player evaluation in the draft, player evaluation in free agency, and then also contract valuation. And I think with the Cincinnati Bengals, they're taking steps forward in all phases to try and get better, try and get smarter. Yes, sir. Great news. Great news. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate you. Make sure everybody's being safe out there. I'm so glad you're healthy. And you're looking mm -hmm. like you're call free, Corona free. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you're giving us the goods. And I'm, I'm very happy that you were able to join us on Orange is the New Black podcast. Please check us out if you ever get some more time. Um, talk to you soon, people. Who day? Who day?
Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.